You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. We were just saying how much I am like Ron Burgundy, and if you don't have the... Che- well, we have a cheat sheet. Well, it's not really a cheat sheet, it's your monitor with uh, our show notes on. And it was kind of scrolled up, and I was saying, you better you yeah. better put it right, because I'm like Ron Burgundy, I only read what's there. And I misunderstood and thought you meant Ron Jeremy. Which was which- a totally different thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it's after the show. It's um, I never explain this at the beginning of the show, and newcomers to the show... I just assume everybody's listened to this all the time. So, oh, how vain. After the show is a movie review show. We review the one of the DVD. week's releases. Um, On DVD, yeah. Sometimes we're a bit behind because this has been out a week already, but we're reviewing it today. Oh, dear. But usually we're pretty on target. We did Wally last week. Um, so we're a movie review show and we're a husband and wife team. We are. And what else are we? <laughs> and that's, that's it, really? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, and good night. <laughs> there's, not, there's not much complexity here. So why, why, I have a question, Mr. Iscoli. Why do we only do one movie a week? Because if we did two, <laughs> it would take twice as long. <laughs> we just sat, how long did we just sit and watch uh, Tropic Thunder for? It was been a few hours, well, four five hours. Five hours? Four, four or five hours? Uh, no, it wasn't that long, but... Anyway, this is after the show, episode number 45, so we've been at this quite some time. Let and me interject, we enjoy it thoroughly. Yes. This isn't work. It is totally fun. And th- if we were talking about this movie without mm-hmm. this microphone, it would sound just like pretty this. much the same. Yes. So. So, yeah, we have to kind of like um, put a little gag on ourselves because normally when a movie finishes, mm-hmm. we end up having a discussion. But since we started doing this, we have to say we don't say anything. We nope. retire from the movie. Room. Start, I'll start saying something. <laughs> oh, I gotta nope, save that. Sure. I'm gonna re- I'm gonna use it up now and then I'll forget it later or something. So. so anyway, this is after the show episode number forty five, and this week we're looking at the movie Tropic Thunder, the director's cut on Blu-ray disc. This is a two thousand and eight movie. It's released on DVD and Blu-ray on Tuesday, November the eighteenth, which has just gone, or is that this Tuesday? It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> but anyway, it came out last week. Uh, it's on DVD, Blu-ray. It's from Paramount, and here's Sid talk with the synopsis for this movie. It is basically a kind of a is it a farce? Is that the word? Like they're taking the, the make, yeah well yeah they're making fun of people making you know, like big stars making movies about I, I don't know it's, it's actually pretty clever. It is um, clever is a strong word, but yeah, no, but- it's got a lot of edgy things to it. Okay, so the bottom line is they are it is a movie about making a movie. This is complicated. About uh, a book that was written about an episode during the Vietnam War, and it's it's a satire. See, I need to look that word up and know exactly what it means. But um, basically, the actors get thrown in the jungle, and it reminded me. Oh, I just thought of a replacement for my recommendation. Okay, it made me think of the Three Amigos because these three action stars and three amigos think they're in a movie, but it's real. And they keep thinking they're in the movie. And it's this is a similar idea. I'm not stealing their thunder. Haha. I'm just saying, that's what it is. These actors are in the jungle. They think they're only acting out parts. And, of course, there is the extra layer of it's a real so I'm not, thing. I want, I want to also add, like, they're making this movie for real, called Tropic Thunder, this director guy, that's turning out not to be so good, right? Right, right. And then this war veteran. Who wrote who, the book. Who is, 
who like on who is a, a person who stands on the set and they all say, "Is this like it would be for real? Is this like it would be for real?" Uh, tells them that this movie's not going to be any good unless you go, what is it, guerrilla style. Yeah, you got to get your actors toughened up to where they so believe they're in we, it. So just send them in there uh, and then do it like in... So basically throw them in the jungle with lots of cameras and sort of reality style. However, things go awry. It's no longer making the movie necessarily. It's real combined with making the movie. I'm telling you, Three Amigos, that's my first recommendation for the week. So, and then that's it. And it's starring uh, some big name people, and we'll get to them. So, um, okay, Tropic Thunder, director's <laughs> cut. Not seen the original cut, so I wouldn't know what was Do you think director's just the gore, maybe? Because there's a lot of the, you know, fuck coming around a yeah, lot. The, the, and let's a lot just of say gore. In a movie, this movie's not for kids. No, absolutely um, it's not. It's not for anybody who's offended by anything. If you're some dickwad <laughs> who thinks it's ha 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 funny to have your kids watching this kind of movie, then that's what you are. You're a dickwad. Because it's um, not. It's if not you're offended, if you're... Um, there's a lot yeah. of things to be offended by if you are that type of person. I'm not offended by any of it, to be honest. But, um, over, you know, we usually say like an overall impression here. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it a lot. I think it was like uh, balls out action movie meets comedy, like really well done. Um, the way they mix those two together because it is the action scenes are really top notch. It's not like cheap. Yeah, exactly. Big explosions. And then the non-action scene, you know, well, it's mainly action all the time. Yep. The dialogue's really funny. I thought some of it was miss, some of it was a bit of a miss, but the characters. You know, well, I'd talk about the characters in the cast and stuff. For me, uh, the characters are really well... And I I do like the twist. I do like the twist of... Not spoiling anything, but I do like that idea that these actors think they're filming the movie, but then everything that's coming out of their mouths is to try and impress the audience or whatever. It's just interesting. But then it turns around on them, and at some point they realize if if it is or isn't real or whatever. And if anyone listened last week, they'll know I was not looking forward to it. I was not... I was like, oh, God, because I had heard you say... Go full retard too many times, and it was really like, <laughs> no, whatever. You, Is that you thought whole... you'd heard that from other people, but it's I had heard it from other people and read other things, but in reality, that has nothing to do with it at all. It's, it's a partic- one throwaway it's a section. It's a concept that's probably, you could have, I could have heard it in a conversation in Hollywood with somebody actually saying that to an actor. That's why it was so yeah. funny of them to so say. So that was funny enough. I was not looking forward to this movie, so I will say here and now, I did really like it. I enjoyed it a lot. It was funny. I really like the irony. That's another word that I have to... I'm sure some people pick up on. It's full of that, isn't it? Yeah, because they're making fun of big actors and directors and big producers and people like that. So taking them out of all... You know, without their assistance and without their heroin addiction guy. You know, they've got Jack Black who plays like the bad boy who's on drugs and I guess mimicking the real life of Downey Jr. kind of thing. You know what I mean? Robert Downey Jr. But in reality, you know that on that movie set, all those guys had all their assistants and their 10 cell phones. Well, they did because we saw it in the Yeah, exactly. So it's like they're taking the piss out of themselves or making fun of themselves for the American people. And that, I think, is really funny. Just inherently funny that they actually know that what they do is absurd. And they actually have, and if you think about it, we enjoy movies. I love stories. I love watching movies. They've been my, sort of, my savior in my life for, and that's weird. I've learned things from, I think, 
do you really learn from movies? I don't know. No. But um, well, I think maybe. you do. You because there's just stories told by people. But in reality, these people's value of what they do, it's just it's nothing really. They're just telling stories and pretending all the time. And that's so, why this yeah. was so good. I think exactly because the. The culture they live in, it reveres them and all the people around think they're just, and they're just nothing. They're just pretending and making movies. And so that's what it's making fun of. But in reality, those people are those people. So it's like a circle. But I enjoyed it a lot. That's that's, it. that's interesting because I was uh, talking to uh, a friend of mine last night and he said, watch your movie for your podcast tomorrow. And I said, it's uh, Tropic Thunder. And I said to him, I don't think Cindy's going to like it. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't know. You uh, assumed you would like it, and you... I knew kind of the subject matter and the people who were in it, I was probably going to like it. I don't think that always makes a winner, but whatever. I think it did this time. I'm a realist. I think it did this time. To be honest, I think there were... I think oh, that was really good. The characters were really well... They just It just had enough ridiculousness. Yes, ridiculous. But also grounded a little bit, too. Exactly, because there were times when it was obvious ad-libbing and obvious kind of off the cuff, and they weren't totally in it, and uh, it wasn't good. And then other moments when you're like, these guys, these people are really good. What I admired also, because I'm thinking, oh, man, this movie's throwing everything at a salivating 20, 18 to 28-year-old would love. Blowing up shit, which is actually the name of one of the extras on the DVD. Um comedy, sort of like in in politically incorrect humor, etc. But there were no sexy ladies, except for in the beginning when he's like, I like... Booty sweat. Yeah. Let's mention that this movie opens up with some fake trailers. Um, yeah, it's really funny. Movies. So they parody... Well, they, it's really funny, actually. But they, they parody... Well, the three characters... In, is it the three or the four? Uh, I think five. they only do... No, well, I mean for the trailers. Oh, yeah. Do, well, three of them. The three main ones... They give you a trailer that's a movie that, obviously, yeah. The so, arrogant rapper guy's commercial for his booty, booty sweat, sweat Which we have a kind of booty Then sweat. you have, yes we do. And then you have, like, the trailer for Jack Black's character who makes, like, like the, throw the away, Yeah, like the clumps, In but fact, the fatties is what the, they the, the, Another fat joke, which I'm not going to go into this week because I railed on it in the last guess, week, but I guess, whatever. But, but this, but that's, that's where this movie is, there's... The movie is saying that that isn't funny, that fatty farting thing. Right. And that Eddie Murphy or somebody like that obviously still thinks and it is. And yet they make that career. We still make it because yeah. it's, it's a franchise. Like and it said. makes the movie. So that's why this movie is And then isn't Spin making. Stiller plays a guy who plays in like this whole series of movies. Like, that, a, like a Rambo. Kind of yeah, thing, yeah, it's gone from a fantastic beginning to like the throwaway at the end. And Number then, six. Who was it? That was it. And the other one was the gay priest. With yes, a, yes. With, with Robert Downey Jr. plays like this really serious... Or oh, Kirk Lazarus. Yes, with the crazy blue eyes. But then they say Kirk Lazarus and show him as this gay priest and then they show um, Spider-Man. The tra- it's the trailer Toby for Maguire. one of the other movies, yeah. But it says like, Kirk Lazarus is, and then it says, Toby Maguire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Calling him out. But anyway, the, the, from the beginning, the, as soon as those trailers come on, and they're really well done, and they used other... We, we said that was odd, because it was a Paramount movie, yet they used Fox and... Uh, New Line Cinema. They had the actual logos from... Uh, that. To trick you. It might have tricked us to think they were the real logos. I'd have to look at them No, again. I think they I were. I think they were. Yeah, I mean, it's Fox Ben Stiller. Was one of them. Maybe he's made movies with... Oh, where's your little... I just realized you don't have your EPC. I don't. Oh. So, uh, the... Starts with these trailers, moves into this action... You know, the whole opening scene is brilliant, I yeah, think. Yeah, I like the it. first ten minutes or so. Like, the... Because you're open, mate, in a big 
action sequence and and the trailers pump you up for yeah. it too because you're like well because the trailers are actually funny like it's not just a and it in it's a really clever way of setting up these three dudes like because you're like yes okay because just by showing you the one trailer of Ben Stiller in this ridiculous action thing immediately you know like okay the, that's this guy like right. he, he is Arnold Schwarzenegger or who else Stallone Rambo. Stallone yeah, yeah one of those that was the, guys. yeah but and uh, with the ridiculous somebody who babies. started out with you know being a big ticket in Hollywood and now his his dollar value is lowering because his movies are getting kind of crappy and so. yeah so that's I don't want to spoil like because no. it does open up and you don't really want to talk mm. about that part so overall f- I don't I don't think we talked long enough about it I don't know. <laughs> but over- well when we talk about each person yeah that will that will add some value to the mix um. Well, my, let me ask you this, and I ask you this often, but not every week. What was actually, did you have any moments when you were, like, that's like my absolute Yeah, I just thought it was moment. insanely clever, and like I said, the... Any individual moment. Yeah, that one moment where um, they're in the swamp, and they were, they're all stood there, and uh, oh yeah, Ben Stiller says, that's the thing about you people, and we've not, we've not mentioned that Robbie Downey, Robert Downey Jr. is playing a black guy. Well, he's playing an Australian, <laughs> yeah, Australian. A, a white Australian actor who has who takes his role so seriously that he immerses himself in them, which is just like Robert Downey Jr. apparently. And for this role, he has had a surgical procedure to make himself black. And he's actually got a black guy black. accent and everything. Yeah, and right? he pulls it off constantly, which never is irritating to the other black guy. The so anyway, Ben Stiller stood in the swamp and he turns around and he says, that's the thing about you people. Not meaning to be racist. No, anything. no, no, not at all. And, and, and Robert Downey Jr. goes, ho, 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 hold on. What do you mean, you people? And then the real black guy behind him goes, and what do you mean, you you, you people? Yeah, he was like, I just thought that was you're like, not anything <laughs> to be, yeah, that was really funny. And that, and obviously I, I like the full retard um, speech because it, you know, that, what was the movie that Ben Stiller was in? In it, Simple Jack Simple or Jack. something. You know, it's kind of like Sling Blade, you could say, or something of that kind. Uh, that they're poking poking fun at the fact that actors who do these roles of someone who has some type of disability or something, that they end up getting an Oscar or an, uh, accolades, but they're never quite all the way. They don't actually go the full way Retail. of being, yeah. And so that's what the speech is. Robert Downey Jr.'s, and it's just so it's just so well delivered because anything that comes out of Robert Downey Jr.'s mouth in this movie is like so completely sincere and serious as this black guy. Yeah, totally. That's I think that's what's clever about. But his it. perception, which is another thing it touches on, is that his the Robert Downey Jr. character Kirk whatever Lazarus. His name is, Lazarus. He's an Australian, right? And he's like this serious method actor guy. His perception of what a black man is supposed to be is, is a the distorted, skewed, yeah. stereotypical vision. He even so, he even does a little speech to the real black guy in the movie that happens to be the theme song to the Jeffersons, but right, spoken. spoken. And the guy's like, man, that's the theme song to the Jeffersons. He's like, yes, but it doesn't mean it isn't true. And it's yeah. like, so his that's one whole issue right there that they're covering. That, first of all, I think, Making fun of actors who take things that seriously. Yeah. Number two, making fun of the fact that actors often present themselves as being the most in touch with, like, uh, the sensitivity of, of racial issues or gender issues or just social issues in, in general. And yet, they're just as fucked up as everybody yeah, else. Uh, and they have just and as Robert Downey Jr. is the perfect choice. Because <laughs> yeah, totally. he's, he's been fucked up and he's also, you know, one of the most 
talent, I think. One of the most uh, method actors getting into the yeah, part, totally. like Chaplin and stuff. So, you know, he's the perfect choice. So to it's make funny fun of to himself, watch it, yeah. yeah. So I like, I, I, don't, I don't think I had a single moment, but I know when we get to the cast, one of my favorite things is the kid. Absolutely authentic, adds a certain thing to the movie that I was not expecting. And we'll talk about that, because they get to a point where they're in like a, a place where there's a, like a, a regime kind of thing, and there's a kid who's the ruler, or he's the head of it, and he's absolutely fantastic. Sure. Everything he does is perfect, and that told... I was actually hoping to see him more and more and more. And I do think some people would be really offended by it, because it crosses so many lines, this movie. Like, it's... it's you know, when I was saying this week, I watched uh, an episode of... The new episode of South Park, mm-hmm. and they were being, like, kind of racist They're really, stuff. really on thing this this year because i watched another one last week and it seemed like wow how can they even get yeah how do they get that? that on tv like it's if you you know south park how it can and team america was another thing we <laughs> mentioned how it's like right on the line borat is another one I'd on say. the line yeah gone over the line <laughs> yeah, yeah totally but borat or team america or all south park this is in that mold it's it's really where if you're you're, if, if you, you take feel it the wrong... offended, then you're not getting that what they're doing the is irony. making fun or or pointing out how crazy it is to have these hang-ups, first of all, on everything. Like me with the fat jokes from movies. Yeah, right. that's my own hang-up, yeah. right? Sometimes it is intended to be poking fun and being mean and bad-spirited. And some things are in movies meant to be Yeah, exactly. Wrong, like, 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 but in this movie, that whole fat thing is... Showing you how that's the shit that you laugh at as a movie goer. Some people, right, right. So and why exactly? Yeah. Like it's like it's like, like empty say, calories. Like the the, the um, Jack Black goes is that you know I am a guy who can fart on cue and it's funny. Like why? That's not funny. No, you know, but you know it sells tickets, doesn't it? Right. It's but yeah, they really so this stab. Movie has a lot of elements. They really have a stab at Eddie Murphy there. That's big time Eddie Murphy stab, I think. But it's at everybody. The Rambo thing, the Schwarzenegger yeah. thing, the, the Eddie Murphy. Um, even directors, you know, to a degree, the whole, I think, all and obviously producers and big movie companies. Oh, I think people. they got all that perfect, too. Oh, all, yeah. all the behind-the-scenes stuff that you see. Not that this. we know, but I'm saying. No, but exactly <laughs> what you kind of think those people are. Like. I mean, obviously not all, but... And I'll say before we get to the cast again, my second favorite thing of the whole movie was Matthew... McConaughey, and that's weird because I'm not a fan. No, I don't really find him good. sexy. I don't find him anything other than he's just kind of one of those. Okay, he's fine, whatever. He did. He was. Uh, we'll get to him in a minute. But I thought his part and that side of the story, where you've got the his talent agent back in Hollywood, and uh, it's Ben Stiller's talent agent, and he's supposed to be like he's real sleazy in the beginning and real showy and everything, and then you get to the heart of who he is and he's having to choose maybe money over friendship all that kind of stuff but he does I was like wow he's actually took it seriously but but funny at the same time time. yeah it was was really good but anyway moving off the cast because we're going to move on to the cast Uh, we'll do recommendations for movies I'm going to recommend two this week one is Apocalypse Now if you want to see a really good war movie like, my favourite war movie Which ever. Which this has actually a send-up to that one. Yeah, Stiller and Platoon. Yeah. And, but well, that's Platoon the, um, when he's down on his knees. But Oh, that wasn't what I was thinking of. Oh, were you thinking of the on-the-head thing? No. Because that was a bit Kurtz. In a darkened um, shack where he's losing his mind a bit little Kurtz. bit. Huh? A bit Marlon Brando, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Apocalypse Now is 
absolutely my favourite war movie of all war movies. You know, I, I just think it's amazing. Really, you like it. Yeah. I don't think there's a better war movie. I think I have movie. to see it again. I've only seen it once in my whole life. It's and I was mesmerized. Superb, I think. And because I had everything filled in my head from all the years of not having seen it. I don't know about that, though. I think Deer Hunter might cross over into one of my... Not, I'm going to say favorite war movies, because that sounds really vulgar, but... I don't know. In like, terms of, Day like, Hunter's feeling really good like... Oh, my Day God. Hunter's more... It's heavy, It's man. not a whole... It's not a... Because it's only portions of it are yeah. war movies. But it's Why about... Thinking of? It's about the effects of it's going to war, being in war, and after... And not just war, the Vietnam War specifically, and how it, like, fucked with people and everything. And I'm saying the F word a but, lot. But I'm saying Apocalypse Now, for me, is my favorite war movie, like, out of any war movies. Like, you know, Saving Private Ryan, anything you can choose from. I, I've... Just think mm. it's really good. I, I really like Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen, that's him, isn't it? Yes. I really like Robert Duvall. I think oh, yeah. he's amazing in it. It's sort of the absurdity And Marlon Brando as well. You know, and it's got that um, Godfather feel, that era of film. It's where got it was those moments of, oh, dark, holy like, crap, you don't expect certain things to happen. You're yeah, like, oh, it's, and, and it you goes, want to cover your eyes and, they, and like, oh. I think Apocalypse Now, because it's this journey of a man on, on this mission, and it ends up somewhere where you didn't think it was going. You know, right. it's, it's completely the end. All well, the last third of the movie to me was completely like, oh my god, really? Is this where what's happening? Because right. I just expected a straight up, but it really isn't, is it? It's a journey, psychological. Amen- thing. Yes. Uh, and my second, uh, but Tropic Thunder is not. No, my second <laughs> recommendation for a movie this week is The Cable Guy. One, because it was another film directed by Ben Stiller, and two, because it's funny. It's <laughs> really underrated, funny. and I don't get that. I don't get I actually don't, don't know like why it. it's underrated, because it, it's as funny as any movie back then, from back Yeah, then. you and I like Jersey Girl. Jersey Girl, we don't hate Gigli, and we like Cable Guy. There's something wrong with us. Yeah, Jer- <laughs> Jersey Girl, um, I think, is really, really, really good. Me too. I like, like it's because uh, people say, oh, Kevin Smith films, oh, they're all good apart from that Jersey Girl. But to me, it fits in perfectly. Oh, totally. It's, totally. Just, it's just a bit of more, it's a little bit more glossy than his other movies, but it still has and the message. And sweet. Because all of his movies See, are I like sweet. the sweet part. Oh, I do too. That's my favourite part. So my it? recommendations are. Well, let's throw Jersey Girl in then, three this week. Apocalypse Now, Cable Guy, and Jersey Girl. Okay. And my first one was, of course, The Three Amigos. And then this was before I watched the movie, and I was trying to think. I didn't know what the movie was really about, but I thought there's going to be some kind of, like, big characters grounded in what's supposed to be some kind of reality, you know, just a little bit quirky and different. So I picked um, Scorched, which has got Woody Harrelson in it, and you can look that up, and it's... It's a really fun. It's a very uh, most people won't have heard of this. No, one. It no, was a not real, at all. little movie. Yeah, little movie, and it's got like it's really good. I'd actually like to element see it to it, and uh, funny characters. It's really nice. Set and in done. a really hot place. Yeah, that's like why it's Vegas, called Scorched yeah. near Vegas because uh, yeah. that's part of the story. And then my other one is Committed with Heather which, Graham, which, which I is barely also, remember. Also a little movie, but it has really interesting little. Char- not little characters, but I mean, it's it's a little movie. But as you're watching it, it's got really good characters and it's got a little quirkiness about it and a little bit of element of like mysticism here and there. So those are my Scorched, Committed, and The Three Amigos. Okay, so moving on to the cast of this fine movie, Tropic Thunder. Uh, we start off with Mr. Jack Black as Jeff Portnoy. 
Mm-hmm. He's this crazy... <laughs> Heroin addict, bad boy actor who makes floppy... Uh, not he makes silly comedies. Movies. Yeah. Uh, and also, he said in one point in the movie, he made a Skinny Max uh, movie. Yeah. Where it was like escaping Tits from on a... parade or yeah, something. something. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he's a over-the-top Jack Black. Basically, basically, his movies are the kind that kind of cater to the lowest common denominator, we're going to say. And... He, he, he's essentially Jack Black in the movie. Totally. He's I mean, just, always Jack Black. He can't not be anybody he's else. He's trying can. to get off heroin through the movie, and so, of course, there's a lot of sort of madcap stuff around that. But. Yeah, then there's, you know, arguably the star of the movie. Well, the director and the star. <laughs> ben Stiller as Tug Speedman. So, you know, Tug Speedman is the uh, big action blockbuster kind of movie star. Yeah, actually, he goes through a lot of changes, and he did. I thought it was fine. I mean, I'm not a huge. Ben Stiller. He's a, got a distinct style about him. Ben Definitely. Stiller. Definitely. Slapsticky. It's. He has I think this is kind of different to his normal. You know, if you if you're into Meet the Parents and stuff like that. I like the scene where he's in the rain and he's got his little. He's got like a little. He's like kind of away from the With group. His and he's got his iPod and he's watching um, an episode of Star Trek. That one where he's fighting he's like, the like, fish. Yeah, yeah. Big. They're like abandoned <laughs> out in the jungle and he's sitting there in the rain and he's got like the stuff all over him and he look, it's real creepy. But then there he sits with his iPod watching and I thought it was so funny. Or he's whatever. Is that a player? No, I know. He's, he's actually We're not right. advertising for that little company. Yeah. So, uh. He's yeah. Zune. He's got his Zune in his hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then there's Mr. Robert Downey Jr. as Kirk Lazarus and that's just genius. It's, it's. I think it is. He has to sit in the chair and do two or three hours of makeup every day to be this big black guy and he's just not big but well beefy he's, he's kind of beefy like no, I guess not. it's all the equipment he's wearing yeah exactly but he's um, he's great he's, he's just he really great. is I'm, I am captivated by Robert Downey Jr. no matter what and I can't explain it I just am and and then there's one of my um, English buddies uh, Steve Coogan <laughs> Not not a actual physical. Because you're from England, you know everyone from there. Yep, the it's Queen quite and small. Steve Coogan. <laughs> I have tea with them each Friday. Um, so yeah, Steve Coogan is Damien Cockburn, who's the director of Tropic Thunder, the movie inside the movie, um, and he's a English cock. Yeah, <laughs> basically, he's a little bit bl- bumbling, and he's under a lot of pressure, and you get the feeling he hasn't probably directed movies before, and he's trying really hard, but he's a bit... He's over his head, isn't he? He's yes, in deep water. Yes, over his head. Yeah. Perfect. And, he's and um, I think that he, with, I don't, not mentioned Steve Coogan before, but I'm a big fan, I have been for a long time, he's actually a Manchester boy, um, from Manchester, same place as me. He... He did a famous thing that Americans won't know anything about, really, Alan Partridge. Look it up, though, because it's hysterical. Which is, it's it's a, he, he does these characters, where, well, he did this Alan Partridge character who's a TV personality who has his own chat show, who is on the decline, and it's like the fall of this man, isn't it, the whole series? It's like a two series. And it's also a send-up of that type of person, the... Somebody who's... Constantly trying to be hip and cool and but not really not at kind all like, inappropriate and yeah. in one season he's actually lost everything and he's living in a hotel which is I mean you've got to see it's called Alan Partridge right he, it's uh, I mean you can look that up and you'll find yeah, it yeah there was the actual knowing me knowing you season where he was actually doing the chat show and then there was the kind of following this, him yeah. on the road kind <laughs> of thing after it. but it, he's really funny and he also did the we watched the other one where he was like the aging roadie remember Yep, yeah, yeah. You know, he has, He's also done um, Parole Officer, the movie, and 24-Hour Party People. Night at the Museum, 
with Ben Stiller. Oh, he was in the... Oh, I wondered how they got connected. I've never seen that 80 museum. around the world in 80 days. Oh, right, yeah. He's done a few things, so people... Americans might have known... Oh, Hamlet, Hamlet 2 as well this year, I remember. He did, he did Hamlet 2. Right. Um, but he's done stuff. Americans might know his face, but he's actually a... You know, what is he in, in England? He's a comic. I know? think that I'm Stand-up more endeared to him because I've seen him as all those other characters... Yeah. We've seen his stand-up show, which is also hysterically funny, where he does all these characters, and I think he's one of those genius people. He is, and he's really like under- that Robert Downey oh, Jr. Oh, a good genius one, for what they do. I'm here's not a really they good one with him. Cure cancer, but twenty-four hour party people. I just said twenty-four. Oh, you did. Yes, as, I did. As the late Tony Wilson, who, who no one in recently. America will know who that is. <laughs> no, but everybody from especially- what did he steerhead the punk movement? Would you say to get punk as a well? Let's let's say like without. T- Tony Wilson, who was it? Odd, it's an odd. You need to see twenty four hour twenty four hour party. People's odd story. He was a local news reporter who basically had a real love of music and talked the TV station that he worked for into hosting, letting him host a show which showcases local acts and p- bands such small bands such as the Sex Pistols. Um, the New Order, <laughs> New Order, um, the Happy Mondays. They, Happy Mondays are featured in the movie, aren't they? And New Order, um, and Joy Division. These kind of bands wouldn't have existed if it weren't for Anthony. Well, they existed, he, but he brought them to like television, records. and he kind of, like I said, he kind of drove that sort of irreverent music phase and led to a really interesting story. And that's why, and Steve Coogan plays him. I know the real Tony Wilson from TV and. I watched all the shows. He really brought it alive, you know? And then I think he's it. good. I think he's really good. I want to see more of him, but not all just goofiness. I want to see him in some, you know... No, and, le- and Steve Coog, uh, he's not in this movie a hell of a long time. No, but he's good. No, he's good. No, I mean, he's not... He's, he's, yeah. It's a cameo-ish part, part. It's not like the whole movie. Like. No. And then there is Danny McBride, who you absolutely despise as yes. uh, Cody. But I... I'm not 100% into this guy either. And why? Why? Can you point it out? I find him really irritating because everything that comes out of his mouth is like that sarcastic... It's wisecracking, isn't it? Yeah, wisecracking. It's a bit Will Ferrell-ish, maybe. Like, now... Well, Will Ferrell seems like an adult to me, and this guy acts like he's trying to be 12 years old again, and he really irritates me. Although, in the movie... Now, the thing is, the thing is for me, that yeah, in this movie, he plays the special effects um, explosion (laughs) guy... And he's absolutely perfect. Yeah, You know, totally. when he blows things up and he shouts, Big titties! I, yeah, and, I give know, him credit because he totally fits that sort of... So Ben Stiller saw, Ben Stiller uh, had him in mind for that part. And Ben Stiller, had a, he was wise to put him in it. Because I really think he was... You know, he irritates me a bit. But yeah, because when he's he, like, oh, I hated this him guy's in. really hit and he's really been in a lot of movies. And I just keep thinking, why? He was in Drillbit Taylor. It's like he's low. <laughs> he's just... Ugh. Yeah. And he had his own movie, The Foot Fist Way, recently. And, you know, um, Foot Fist Way was given, like, a lot of, you know, honours. Like, Cannes Film Festival winner and all that kind of stuff. Whatever. But, um, <laughs> anyway, he... You can't turn me He around. in this one is... I think he's, he's perfect, because that character is a jackass. Jackass, And he has to yeah. be, like, you know, it's, the, it's just... A the little bit of guy's. a nutter. Yeah, and then uh, I'd say I've not listed everybody here because I wrote this cast down again before we'd seen the movie, so I didn't know who to list properly. But anyway, Tom Cruise as Les Grossman. <laughs> Excellent. Tom Cruise, I, I always, people 
a down on Tom Cruise all the time. In fact, I said this to you the other week, nothing to do with this movie. When you said, oh, you know people are down on Tom Cruise mm-hmm. for some reason. And I said, I don't know why, because every movie I can think of that I've watched with Tom Cruise in it, I've enjoyed it. Even Vanilla Sky and, you know, down to his... See, we like Vanilla Sky, too. Really which, liked it. Yeah. No, but what I'm saying is, like... In this, he was, it was really good. And now, this is Tom Cruise... Like, you know the people who I was just talking about who are down on Tom Cruise and think he's a nut job for liking Scientology or whatever? After seeing this, they'll think, oh yeah, he's totally lost his mind. You think? Yeah, well, yeah, because he's playing like an absolute... Dickhead. Like, <laughs> well, he's a really horrible, sleazy... Movie, um, I don't know if he's a movie producer. He's a financer. He gives money. Yeah, he's pro- like a billionaire a producer, who gives money. No, that's an executive producer. If they give money. Producers what, work on the set. And, that's what he is then. Is, or is he a movie... Is he like a Harvey a Weinstein? Like a, Fine, yes, he gives yeah. the money and... You know, he play, he's he got on sort of a fat suit, but not fully. It's pretty good fat suit, though. It is. It's just a... His head looks weird. It's just a puffed out suit. Like, you puffed out a little his bit. His hands, though, are really weird. And he... But when he does anything, it's like he gives it his all. And we will mention the dancing thing where he dances to some rap music. It's hilarious. I actually thought, oh, God, this is like, you know, trying to tug at our... Ah, ha, ha, look at Tom Cruise... But it was actually quite funny. I mean, I actually laughed out loud thinking, Because it just oh looked ridiculous. Like, it did. Because you know, there, he's inside there giving it... And a, the stuff that he says in this movie, he's so foul-mouthed and he's... He's vulgar. He's really, like, it's... For some reason, it's not what you expect to come from Tom Cruise. So that obviously makes it funny, too. True. And, and in fact, that dancing scene wasn't even scripted, was it? It was just... He just did it. He said, uh, I'm wearing this thing, I just feel like I should dance for some reason. <laughs> but, you know, I thought it was really funny. And then other people who I didn't list, you've got that kid, which I've not got his name. Ray. Oh, the kid kid. Oh, I forget his name, too. Sh- the young boy, um, Han Chu, I think was his name. Introduces. So it's his yeah, first movie. he's only about role. 10 years old, looks like. Absolutely. One of the most authentic things in the whole movie. It took him. He took it very seriously. He plays like uh, the leader really- of a rebel... Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, no. They were heroin makers, remember? Yeah, well, I know. Uh, <laughs> like a rumble like a faction, faction in yeah, the yeah. jungle or whatever. And he was really good. Matthew McConaughey, again, was yeah, really good. Really good. Um, Nick Nolte was really good, even though I think he... I don't know why I think he's crazy, but he is. Seems crazy. Even like when they interview Nick Nolte, though, and stuff, he comes to us and says, And he never used to be like that. Something happened to him at some point. And he's got the... We've in the movies forever. Alcoholic, I think. That's slander. <laughs> that is slander. Yeah, all right. I don't know. Oh, the guy who played, the skinny guy who I said sounds like Christian Slater, which I'm sure he's heard and he probably hates. Ray something? That's not the guy from The Fifth Element, is it? It's not that No, guy. no, no, no. Kept reminding me of him, but no, oh, you need your lo- Don't ever forget that little laptop again, because I can't look it up over there and my chair will crack and pop. But anyway, yeah. He was really good. He wears glasses. He's the, fi- the fifth, like the, he's one he of the main He plays Kevin Sandis- Scan- Sandusky. Yeah. Sandusky, and he's like the—he's one of the most important people because he's—he's he's the nerdy guy who knows everything about movies, knows everything about DVDs. He talks as they're oh, going they have a the funny—they have a funny HD DVD <laughs> yes. versus Blu-ray debate while they're walking through. Well, the he's de- having it with himself while they're walking through. As the he's jungle. walking, through. yeah. And some people thought that HD would win, but the the, the thing is <laughs> that is poor noise is the thing that makes it win over the Blu-ray. And then the Robert Downey Jr. turned around and he's like. Have you been talking to me this whole time? Because yeah. he's just, he's like one of those geeky guys. So I loved him, and I'm really sorry, we don't have his name, but it's Ray something. And he plays Kevin Sandusky. Sandusky. And the director of the movie is Ben Stiller, which you said earlier. Um, and writer. I think he does a really good job. And I, I said when we were watching some of the extras, 
that's got to be super hard to be in it and controlling it at the same time. Totally. I just think, especially a movie like this, where you're really in every scene. Cause and they still... joked, because Steve Coogan was playing the director of the movie inside the movie, and Ben Stiller's playing the actor being directed by so him. So he... at some point, if Ben Stiller, as the character, says to Steve Coogan, who's being the director, you need to cut... Then Steve Coogan says, I don't know if he's being Ben Stiller and telling me I need to cut or if he's being the character who's... Tugs and I'm the, still the director and I'm telling him to shut up because he's like, I don't know. So that's kind of a funny little... So yeah, this movie's got multiple layers. And if you don't pay attention... if you, My sister said she watched it and she thinks she needs to see it again. And I wouldn't mind to watch it Well, again. I think some people might absolutely not get it. Yeah. Because it is all kind of... Tongue-in-cheek, but poking. on the other side of it, it's got a... Because you could like, take it at face value and then think, what the hell is this all about, couldn't you, I guess? Yeah, totally. <laughs> you if know? you didn't read between some of the lines, which I think is obvious, but... Yeah, it is. It is, but I can imagine some people thinking it was just a straight-up action kind of thing, you know? Or straight-up farce kind of movie, like a... You know, oh, yeah, or a straight-up silly. Yeah, thing. but it's not. It's a combination. No, because it, it... Yeah, and it's definitely... It's saying things about the industry, but I don't think it's heavy-handed. I think it's and just light, light-hearted about it. Don't you think yeah, it pokes totally fun Yeah, totally about the audience. Yeah, like, why are you laughing at the farts, too, or whatever? Yeah, know? and why? why is Scorcher number seven? That's the reason number seven made. exists, because you pay money to exactly. see it. So, yeah, the, so Ben Stiller, um, and uh, I'm looking up other movies. He hasn't directed many movies, but he did direct Zoolander, which I didn't particularly like that much, Zoolander. I don't know about you. I don't remember it fully, but I remember... It wasn't my favourite. ...being a little neutral, actually. Mm. I didn't dislike it, but... He also directed The Cable Guy, which I think is really good and everybody should see. Did he direct Heavyweights? Or was he just in No, it? no, no. Because he Heavyweights is a good one, too. And he also directed Reality Bites, which I really liked as well, but that was a long time ago. I might not so much now. Isn't that funny? You don't mm. always want to revisit movies that you used to like... Yeah. Specific movies, because you watch it again, you're 20 years older, and you're like, oh, God, that was crap. And then it's ruined. Because I would rather keep in my mind certain memories of movies, like, I don't know, Best Little Horror House in Texas. Yeah. I saw it a hundred times. If you watch it again, you might... If I watched it again, I might be like, oh, that's not right as good as I thought it was. So I don't want to ruin it. I know a movie just recently that I have really fond memories for, but was turned out to be a real stinker. Oh. And it was Every Which Way But Loose with Clint Eastwood. You talked about that. You watched it again and it wasn't... It good? was on um, some t- channel. and I, CMT it was on. I was right. clicking through and I started to watch it and I was like, holy crap, this is terrible. Like, oh, that's awful though. But when I was a kid, like it was the best thing ever. I wanted that monkey. You know what I mean? I wanted... You even told me that a few weeks ago. Oh, these are great. You've got to see yeah. these movies. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny that, isn't it, though? Because like, ruined your So, yeah, just don't watch... If you've got a fond memory of something from the 70s or the 80s, just... Well, thing is, though, some of those 80s movies, I, like I watched um, Breakfast Club. I mean, I'd yeah. not seen it in the 80s, but I saw it. And that stands up for some me. Some things hold up, some yeah, don't. Some, do, so. some really don't. So if there's some... And some can change just based on you and your life experience. That you might have gone through stuff in your life and then you watch it back and go, well, that's just ridiculous and in the when you were 15 it was the most amazing thing you'd ever seen so but anyway uh let's move on to uh the tropic thunder blu-ray disc we watched the blu-ray disc uh, the cover is the platoon's shield i guess it's pretty Which is like a shield of uh like a coat of arms kind of thing yeah with the, the skull the tt tropic thunder oh it's kind of dark in here today i decided to go low light so i can't see it very well yeah so yeah it's a good job i have the light <laughs> of my monitor to light this up while i read it so um there's 
special features on here. There's two commentary tracks, the filmmaker and the cast one. There's two of those. So if you want to re-watch it three times, you can, with two different commentary tracks. Now, there's a bunch of extras that are in HD. Now, this is before the thunder. I'm, now, this before the thunder, the hot LZ and blowing shit up. They're kind of like, we said, three things that kind of fit together into yeah. one thing, but they split them up. It's just, uh, what would you say, press kit? Kind of, yeah. It was good, though. They gave you some backup on who, why certain people were hired and how they got in the jungle and how hard the weather was and that they were where they made it and all that stuff. So they were good. And then there's designing the thunder, which was the showing you how they did all the... Building the set. And building the set, which was good because it had some real good time-lapse photography of how yeah. like, stuff got put together within the course of three like weeks. A, what looked like a rickety old bridge that had been there for 50 years showed them building it brand new and then, of course, uh, destroying it. And then you've got the cast of Tropic Thunder in HD, which is a... Uh, it's, it covers each person. Not all of them, though. Not, no, it, didn't it doesn't cover do Tom Nick Cruise Nolte either. or Tom Cruise or a it just does the main, British guy. Yeah, it just does the main... <laughs> Alan Quartermain? Five, no. I guess. What's his name? Steve Coogan. Alan Partridge. <laughs> but um, it... You know, it covers each person, and I thought it was pretty good, that, actually, because yeah. it, you know... And, and then, they're not very long. There's a few minutes long each. And then there's, like, a full-on documentary spoof a mentry would you call it? Did you Mo- just make that up? Let's say mockumentary. spoof a Mockumentary called Reign of Madness, which is this weird guy who I don't know who he was. I actually was just wasn't into it at all. Well, it was pretty... It was... Pretty, it was uh, but Steve Coogan wrote it, so I, I was kind of interested to you see. You didn't know that until after you saw it. So don't I kind of had, a, I kind yeah. of had the vibe that Steve Coogan was going to be in it a lot, and he was. Yeah, because what it is is there's a movie the in the movie, fall of him. and it's the documentary of the director, played by Steve Coogan, leading up to him making the movie and stuff, and sort of and each uh, and character events as throughout well. in making them. Well, yeah. up to the point of up to the point of. But about, it's narrated by this documentarian guy who's. I German thought he was trying hard to be like a Borat kind of deal, I thought. Like oh, a, I disagree. No, not Borat specifically, but like a... Not uh, even close. Just a German... A Sasha Cohen. No, I thought the guy who was doing it was trying to capture something like that, where it was kind of a little bit inappropriate, because he was doing this crap German accent. He was obviously an American guy. You think? Yeah. And he wasn't, he wasn't funny at like all. Like he was being real serious and... What was funny about him was like his mispronunciation of words occasionally. Mispronunciation. But I actually was... I mispronounced After it had been on for about two minutes, I was really hoping you would either say, do we have to watch all this? And or I bet it would be very short. It was about 30 minutes. I exactly. Actually, I actually enjoyed it. I didn't. And there's some real classic Coogan moments in there, I thought. It's like the downfall of Steve Coogan's character, basically. Like he's a spiraling of going, you know. Yeah. Um, but there again, he does... <laughs> where, where he gets to in the documentary, Steve Coogan's character... When that where that fits into the movie, it doesn't seem to be in that frame of mind whatsoever. Mm-mm. So it doesn't really fit. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so then there's deleted and extended scenes. There's quite a few. Um, there is an alternate ending that we watched. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really. I prefer the ending that's in the movie, as usual. I think I'm. I don't mind deleted scenes and extended scenes and stuff, and I think they should be an automatic on every DVD. I think it's because obviously every movie has them, even animated. They movies. very rarely add anything to it, do they? 
Occasionally. Very rarely. Yeah. I mean, when we watched, uh, I think, Lord of the Rings had a couple deleted scenes where it explained stuff They had about... ones that they put back in the movie. And then you're like, well, yeah, they explained a lot. Yeah, so, yeah. you know. And then there's um, full mags, which is really interesting. It's like the full a full nine minute, how they film films if they have mags, which is like the Panavision Real big cartridge movie. that you see that plugs into the top of the thing. They last about nine minutes. Well, they used a full mag on this one scene. Just like, let's keep doing it until we run out of film, like over and over again. It was two cameras worth as well, because I had two yeah, cameras. Was, yeah. One focused on Robert Downey Jr., one focused on... And it's a you're it's ben the Stiller. you're a dude being a dude being a dude. Scene. It's just a yeah, it's a two people in a scene and they're it has them going through their lines over and over and over and, and over. And it literally shows you how Ben Stiller just wants to go. Okay, so do one more. Do, yeah, one more, let's one do more. one more. They and, do it. And what I said was really surprising is it's quite a funny dialogue between them. And Robert Downey Jr. is doing it in his ridiculous, over the top way, and he he barely ever cracks up. He barely cracks up, and like you pointed out, almost every time. He comes up with something a little bit different to Slightly, say yeah. and different facial expressions. So that's an actor at work, right? Because yeah, totally. when the editor comes to get all the stuff and there's all kinds of editor being Ben Stiller, stu- well, and, and, that, and that other guy, yeah, stuff, but, stuff to work with though. You know, like oh, that line's slightly better than that. But one. multiply that right by every scene in the It'd movie. It'd be hard to do that. Holy editing, crap! It? Because you would have so many choices. An editor's job is probably one of the hardest. Maybe that's the key with some movies when you watch them and you think it's just something not very well put together. Maybe some movies with really lower budgets and they don't redo things or maybe some directors think they're like one take wonders. Like, so that's am I. It. You see that, don't And then they have no choices to pick from when they get to the end, so. And then there is uh, MTV Movie Awards sequence which is just it was on the MTV Music Awards. It's um, the three main people humming it up, basically. A commercial, yeah. It's funny, though. I thought it was uh, funny. Not really, because I really despise all that bullshit YouTube kids beating each other up and shit falling off of buildings That's on what people. It was yeah, viral. I hate that. I think viral, it's as they call it. Pathetic, and I hope that it passes because it is the destruction of a generation. I despise it. And uh, <laughs> I, I can honestly say I like Jackass. So I'm probably I'm probably part of the destruction. You are. You are. Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Please, grow up. And then we have got um, the BD Live features, which is uh, additional full mags, video rehearsals, and dispatches from the Edge of Madness. Yeah, there And we went in there, and it works this time. Yeah, worked fine. Um, and it's extra footage, a lot of Steve Coogan footage. Yep. So if you're a Steve Coogan fan, there's different a bunch takes of, stuff of the to movie. Dip Basically, it's more deleted scenes or more options that they had to make in their scenes, and it and works I, seamlessly. And I just want to mention something about BD Live because we talk about it every week. If you do not have a PlayStation Three or a Profile Two or Profile One Point One B Blu-ray player, you aren't seeing these features. They, they're on the disc, but you'll never see them because. So if you have an old. The older Blu-ray player, standalone players. Blu-ray player, because yeah. this was a feature that was implemented later in the spec, so um, there wasn't Ethernet ports on the. I was going to say, is it because there's no internet? Yeah, exactly. Right. So you need to have a. If your Blu-ray player has internet, you're good. A PS3 or, will do it. Is that fair statement? It's internet and storage. So right. The, the newer Blu-ray players have at least one gigabyte of storage inside, like a USB key, basically. If you didn't have that stuff, you ain't ever seeing this stuff. Not that it's never. It's not the deal breaker, is it, on a oh, disc? No. It's just an, a little nice thing extra. And I like the idea that they can change it. So those things could be completely different in two months' time if they've got some other yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. 
<clears throat> so that's Tropic Thunder, and that's the Blu-ray disc. The picture and sound was great, as usual. It was a big... It was. Good sound. Really good sound. And really good picture, because um, it being like a movie about a movie being in the, the what, it still looked pristine. They didn't make it look old or anything. There was no... Oh, no, no. There was no, let's make this look like... It was a, kind of a glossy, glossy warm movie. Very colourful, I <laughs> yeah, thought. And, yeah. and mostly in the daytime. Oh, totally. There wasn't really much dark. Um, so, overall for me, it's a, a buy movie, because I could multiple watch that. I could watch it again. I think it's a... Uh, I wouldn't buy it, but I could watch it again. See, for me, it's like a... It's a, it's a dude movie, too, you know? It's a dude movie without titties and ass, though. That's what I loved about it. One aspect I actually admired yeah, was there that are, there weren't half-naked chicks running around. There wasn't Some one booty chick sweat. in the beginning. Yeah, where he's singing this horrible song. But um, <laughs> other than, they didn't have like the token chick in the did wet we, t-shirt. Did we mention the booty sweat guy? Cause yes, he's, you did. did we, oh, no, we didn't. No, he was really good. Yeah, yeah. You missed his name. What was he? What was his name? Um, um, oh, my God. But anyway. He was really good. He um, plays... Alpa. Al Pacino. Alpa. Alpa Chino. Chino, yeah. Yeah, it's the like rap this star. obnoxious no. rap guy, yeah. But yeah. he was really good, too. Actually, one... Kind of like really a little good. John. Like, uh, you know, crunk. He's a grown man. Who? This guy. Who's little John? You know, the rapper that who invented crunk. The sweat from the balls, sweat from the balls. No, I don't that know. That guy. <laughs> you know. Remember what I said about despising the generation you know, like, crushing like they have the pimp cup viral the, uh, videos kind yeah. of the same thing there. but anyway that's what they were taking the piss out of with that I guess whatever but he was, but good. He was really good oh I'm sorry we don't have his name because he was really good we'll put his name in the show notes yeah. um, so thanks to I, I say yeah go, go and get it it's funny and if you're a dude you'll probably like it and if you like to see film stars make fun of themselves and the whole <laughs> thing you'll like it um, so Thanks to Paramount for that one. Uh, contest, Trans-Siberian on Blu-ray. We're giving away a uh, copy. And you're going to... If you want to win a copy of Trans-Siberian on Blu-ray, Blu-ray only. So this, again, if you don't have a Blu-ray player or you don't plan on getting a Blu-ray Get player... Get with the program, people. <laughs> it's 2008. Why haven't you got one? Because they're freaking expensive. Lay off. <laughs> Quit telling people to buy stuff all the time. I'm sick of that, too. Consumerism is the death of us. So, anyway... If you want to win something for free, whether you have a Blu-ray player or not, send an email to com and answer this question. Who did the voice of the hero boy in Polar Express? And in the subject line, put Trans-Siberian. Mm. That's it. Yeah, that, that is it. And that you is it. Email it to me. See, I did that one well, and you didn't. You were blown away because normally I. Okay, so I move, moving on to stuff. The new Microsoft Xbox 360 dashboard. It's not really. Yeah, don't don't abbreviate it, please. I never did. Never do. You have? Yes, you have. No. <clears throat> the NXE. Ah! It isn't the NXE anymore, though, is it? Thank God, no. Because it's the just the current thing. It's just it's not next anymore, is it? It's just what it is. You anyway, log in and that's what you see. You experienced it with me this week. We got it like a day early or so from our friends One at day. Microsoft. One day. Um, <laughs> and how did how did it go? You was you experienced it with me. Even. Do you want my honest opinion? Yes. Or do you want me to fluff it up for you? I don't care. I couldn't care any less. The only thing I care. You don't about, use the Xbox 360. So I don't much. use it, <clears> and I don't think it's that big a deal, except for two things. One. Being able to install your games on the hard drive, and that isn't necessarily part of the whole dashboard anyway. That's just a feature now that you can do, which I think is really, really good. And I do think it seems a little bit more 
friendly in terms of keeping it with your friends, with your eight group. You can get eight friends in a conversation, even though you're doing different things. It's easier to see what they're doing and, and to connect with them while they're doing something completely different. That's it. Other than that... What about avatars? I don't understand why people... Oh, I don't care. It's fun. It's cute. We both made care. an avatar, by the way, if you want to see our... Uh, Mine doesn't look like me, though. I When I see it in the dashboard, though, I think of you. Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yes. so they're not supposed to look exactly like you, but they are reminiscent. Yours is very close. Mine does really look like me. Yeah, Exactly. And um, Squiddies looks like him, and Purples looks like uh, people on my friends list. They all look like them. Um, and then we have an Obi Wan. <laughs> yeah, I find it. I find it. Fun. I. I don't. It, it's not used. So well, I was playing a game this Let week. Let me ask you this question, right? Because this is another thing that in my in life that just irritates me. They talked about it endlessly. Everybody droned on about it. They got it in your heads and made everybody think it was a big friggin' deal. That's why everybody cared. If they'd just done it, and then you got used to it and moved on, but instead they do this frenzy thing where it's supposed to be like a life. I think it's a big. It's just nothing. It's like a different interface to deal with the same box. Yeah, it's a it's a whole different interface. I mean, it's really different. I mean. Yeah, but so what? It's not like it's big scope in the world of anything. It's just your. Well, no, but what I'm saying is, it's a like a 90% improvement for me. Everything's easier to find. It's faster. I noticed I, that. It's faster. I do like the visual, like looking at image, even though the avatars aren't how your friends look. I do prefer that because I can immediately flick to the friends thing and go, oh, look, um, blah, 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 blah. It's online. I can see. Cause yeah, but it, why is that? If you had never had it or experienced it, you wouldn't care. Well, no, but we have. But got because it. they hype it up so much, and everybody makes such a big deal. I think about the hype. It. They was, had their own viral campaign about it. And I think it the just, hype was right. I think it's really a big improvement, like loads. I mean, it should have. This is how it should have shipped originally. I think. Do you know what I think? Just another tool to make you all spend more money. Well, this you. What, buy more games? Or no, what? just suck you in, get you more into the whole box, get you more excited about every single thing they tell you. And I was, every single thing an interesting do. thing I was talking about the other day is when the new Xbox comes out probably next year, I wonder if this will be its interface. Right. But can it be? Because like it, then it doesn't seem like something new. It just seems like you bought another plastic box to put on your table and it looks the same as the old one. Right. So can it really... Have they spent this amount of time making this new interface... And are they going to have to ditch it and make a new one again for this new I would one? say they're just going to adjust it. it. Yeah. yeah. By then, they will be ready to give you some big update that everybody be freaking out about. And Because you're right. Box. You know, like, like if this is going to be the interface going forward for the new box, then that's fine because we'd all know how to use it and it'd be fine. The marketplace would all be intact. But then they'd have to be like, okay, the new box that they make has to play the games from the 360. And Mm-hmm. It'd all have to fit together, wouldn't it? So, I don't know. It'd be, it's, but I thought it was a nice update, and it was free. And and that is it right there. You just summed it up. It's nice, and it's free. Big deal. That's all it should have been. I actually enjoy looking It should have been like, on Monday morning, Microsoft sends out a thing that says, Hey, tomorrow we're going to have a new update. Boom, there's your new update. Get over it. Not hype it up for six months. I mean, They announced it at E3, remember? Long time ago. They came out on stage and said... Through the power of software, we're going to reinvent our um, system. Yeah. Which they... I guess they are... Uh, oh, they've also added Netflix support, which is a big deal if you're a Netflix person. Because we're a movie podcast, it's probably something good to mention. Yeah. If you're a Netflix subscriber, for free now, if you've already owned an Xbox 360, you can... 
you don't have to get the movies through the mail anymore. You can just play them straight on your Xbox, which why, is... Why wouldn't that be free? You already pay for Netflix. I'm just saying you don't have to pay extra for the streaming service. It's part of your... Yeah. You, you can know. do that on your PC with Netflix as well. You can, but on your PC you weren't doing it on your television. Now, so all they're doing is helping Netflix make more money. That's well, what I'm saying. Well, of course, yeah, but I'm, <laughs> I'm saying it's an added... If you're a movie person, it's an added thing, because not only can you go into Microsoft's marketplace and rent movies on the 360. Now you can use your Netflix subscription, so you can get the movies any old... You know, right. You can pretty much get any movie you and want. And now that Sony... But Sony won't allow their movies on there. we got to mention that, right? No, because they're on Sony's PlayStation 3 network, so they don't... So you got to have both boxes to get your movies If you done. want every See? movie. See? It's all about the cashola. And I do find the renting of movies on the consoles, even though I don't do it because we don't need to, a very convenient... Sure. Service. It's, it, I think they price them a little bit too highly. Oh, when you turn on the 360 and then they've got all... Everything that's out this month, Tropic Thunder will probably be on there. But if I want to watch it in HD on the 360, they'll probably charge me $5 for one watch, right? I think it's a little bit high. But at a push, convenience, you've got it hooked to your TV anyway. And you want to see a movie one See, that's just it. They hook your brain that's in thinking it that's and fair. It's the same, and it's not and reasonable. And it's exactly the same concept as uh, your, your cable box that has pay-per-view in there. It's like there, most people probably don't bother with it. But then occasionally you might Yeah, we've go, all been totally brainwashed to think that going in a convenience store and because we have to take 10 steps instead of 50 steps to get to the milk, that it's reasonable to spend two extra dollars. And it isn't. But we've been told that, and everybody buys it. Well, I do think it's a brilliant concept to be able to deliver movies through your internet connection for rental. I think Yes, fundamentally, that is a good idea. Yeah, I I think the pricing needs to be lower, for sure. I I think even if they do the really old movies for 50 cents a piece, I think it would gain them a lot more custom. Oh, yeah, you get total... People like me, 50 cents is a throwaway, like... Okay, I'll watch um, Weird Science today, like because yeah, it's on course. there, you know, for fifty cents. I don't care. And all they're paying for is hard drive space and bandwidth. Well, as it stands, if you want to watch something old like Weird Science, you still got to pay three dollars. So it's not viable, right. is it? You know. But um, bring the prices down. I think it's a great way of delivering movies, and I think somebody like Netflix would like to move to that model because mailing discs it, it's got to be a pain in the ass, really. If you can move sure. to like all your customers just. So you think maybe Blockbuster will come to the Sony box, maybe? Because Blockbuster's the other online thing that you can It's really possible, isn't it? If you think about it, totally. Unless Sony don't want them because they want to sell their own. Just rent them with no other service intervening on it. Right, but if they had Blockbuster, I guess they could sell other people's movies, too. But anyway, Netflix is built into the NXC thing, if you want (gasps) to get it. You did it. You said... So, uh, the other thing I want to mention this week is I finished Mirror's Edge on the 360. Yeah, no, and I know, I'm very excited. It, I wrote in brackets, amazing-ish. I think the game's like a work of art, to be honest. I think it's, like I was saying, I had problems with it last week. I still have those problems with it. The combat. You think it's a better experience than it is a game. Do you know what I'm saying? It, the experience of something so new and so different versus really the fun. game mechanics, which you've been acclimated to all these years, and so that's the challenge there. That See... It's that take away the combat, it'd be a perfect game. The end, the very last level, is this like insanely hard. It took me four hours or something to get through it. But anyway, it's it's a server room that you're going into to take out the servers. Now it's full of guys with guns. Now, if you remember, she's not really Faith who you're playing. It's not really a fighter or a 
She's not she, Laura Croft. She can fight, but she's pretty crap at fighting, to be honest. So you've got a room full of guys with guns who are perfect shots. Now, the only way you can take them down is... See, I did it the easy way, by taking one of them down, stealing his gun, then shooting the rest of them, right? Now, when you steal a gun off somebody, it only has one clip of ammo, because the guy's ammo was on his body, right? So he doesn't... So as soon as you've shot five or six shots, it's run out of ammo, you might as well throw it away. So you have to kind of, like, shoot one guy, go and take his gun, shoot another guy, go and take his gun. It's a bit... The free-flowing nature of the game goes away all of a sudden. Right, that's what I'm saying. The experience of the running, the free-running, or parkour, versus the way the game is made is two different things completely. But the the game, like, the the music, the graphics, the running of... The running, the jumping, the landing, the some of the surprise things that happen during the game. The puzzle side of it, where you're trying to figure There's puzzles, out how to very get... Tomb Raider-ish puzzles, like how do I get up there exactly? Which bit do I jump on? Um, it's all really good. I'm not being rude, but are you saying basically the same thing everybody else says? Because everybody says that similar thing. No, I'm saying really what, from my experience on it, I. It's one of my games of the year. Like it's 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 super frustrating and horrible to play. <laughs> but everything else is like the look of it. The Every pristine, day, were you excited to pick up the controller always. and get back to it? And I still it? am, even See, though I finished is, it. I'm going through it again. That is a sign of a good game, I think. Yeah, it's just if they make another one for me, just I think just leave the combat out of it because there is one section in this game where. A trained police force of runners come after you. <laughs> They're like you. But they can fight. And have they guns. don't have weapons. They're just runners who can fight like you. And this whole sequence where they're, they're running after you and you can hear the footsteps behind you. And you're trying to get away from them using only your moves that you can do. Not having to turn around and start trying to take the guns off them. It's perfect. It works perfect. But then you get away from them and you get out into the street and then there's guys with guns again. So that ruined it for me. There. Oh. So why not have other runners? Why not have police task force runner all the time? Because it did work when that... Because the thrill of like running through a level knowing there's somebody right behind you. Do you think they were trying to go... They're going, oh God, we can't do this all week. I think this they did. be boring for some of these like... Sort of I think they I think they needed a bullet part in the box. Basic gamers who think they have to kill everything all the time. Well, I think they needed a bullet part in the box that said weapons or whatever. You know, like use weapons and fight. Because I think if it said like this is a game with no weapons, like I've also heard a lot of people aren't playing it really because of what they've it's heard. It's a bit too different for them, you know. But I think you should see it as an overall um, experience because it's like it looks like nothing you've ever seen before. The white... You've seen the colour. Mm-hmm. The colour schemes are the like... The music is nice. The music's really good, and it's an instrumental of this one tune by this lady. It's like a, a vocal song. And it builds each level. And then the climax is the actual vocal song when you're doing the end scene, basically. You know, the big thing at the end. She starts singing, and it's kind of... Do you know what I mean? Yep. Emotional. Yep. Like, it adds an emotional... Cause, the crescendo. Well, the camera pans out of you at the end. Like, because you're Faith, aren't you? The camera comes out of you, so you actually see Faith, who you've never seen the entire game. And I thought you saw her in cutscenes and stuff. You do, but the cutscenes are kind of different to the game itself. But the camera comes out, and you see her for the first time as this lady's singing this song. It's really... I don't know. It 
tugs on some stuff at the right. end. So for me, I amazing-ish, I put in brackets, and I think <laughs> that is probably right. Um, and the other thing is Need for Speed Undercover, which has been getting panned and like really bad reviews all across the board. And I said to you, <laughs> oh, I was really looking forward to that. And I've probably played seven hours of it maybe so far. I really am digging it. It's, Excellent. It's got a terrible frame rate. That's the problem. When you go around a corner specifically, like a real sharp corner, it judders like... And then it picks up again once you get onto a straight. I'm, I don't understand why that is, but it does. But apart from that, it's need for speed. You know, I really like how you see the good in things and that you're reasonable. That's very lovely. Oh, thank you. You find the good things that you that you enjoy and you don't just throw it away because of... No, because need for speed for things. me. I want to drive fast cars. Check. <laughs> it does that. Look at a sexy chick in a vagine showing skirt would you call it well yeah Maggie they all the cutscenes they're done in true Need for Speed style which has always been the style of Need for Speed cutscenes is real actors and super cheesy dialogue and that's how it works so this this time instead of getting random people they got Maggie Q who's you know big time actress she wears like really skimpy out I'm, she's she's a cop and she's talking to you telling you to be undercover you're an undercover cop too throughout the whole thing getting into the world of street racing and she communicates to you via these cutscenes where she's wearing like what I can only describe a dish as towel hooker clothes <laughs> like boots that come up to her and really so maybe she's undercover as a hooker in a hotel room talking to you like for no reason yeah maybe maybe she's just during she does a bit of the hooker business and then gets on the phone to you but um you know, she bends over and sometimes she unzips her shirt a little bit just for no reason. <laughs> but it's kind of... To appeal to the... Yeah, it works. But You it... like the driving mechanic still same as always? It's exactly the same. Nothing's changed. Um, These cop chases, which have come back, which I always loved from Most Wanted. They took them out for the two years prior. Now they're back. That's fine by me because I do like running from the cops. Now I have a question because I've heard some people say... Well, it's not for, like, the hardcore gamers. So give me a driving game that you love that is seriously difficult, hard, more realistic, and is, like, not for the faint-up Gran Turismo. Is that a really intense one? A beginner can't play that one. It's super Right, and you love it because you love racing games. So the fact that you love that, which you will invest probably 100 hours in or more, because I know you when you play those Which one? You mean... Gran Turismo or... Um, any of those hardcore driving Need for driving Speed, games. I'll play it till I get through to the end. It'll probably be 30 hours. So you like both. You like the sort of, what do you call it? Arcade. Arcade-y versus, but it's not, doesn't mean it's not I actually, I actually veer on the, um, I actually like arcade a little bit better, to be honest. Because it's more, I think we heard somebody say this earlier, but it's more, you don't have to concentrate on all the dials and knobs. Hmm. You can just pull off super cool, like, slides around corners. And me, I just want to go, I want to push the button all the way down and just go. And that's what Need for Speed is. Wanna, you right. don't break. You just... Oh, I might try that then. You use... You, you occasionally have to use it on a hairpin turn, but very rarely. It's, it's more about, let's... You've got nitrous. You can go super fast and you can get away from the cops. You know, try and lose the cops or whatever. It's... I, I really... Apart from the frame rate issue, which kind of ruins it a little bit when you're thinking, look, I'm playing on the Xbox 360 here. This isn't like a shitty PC with a bad video card. It's right. supposed to work, like, you know. Which it 
it's the exact same. You know, when you have a not a, your video card is not so good and you play a PC game and you have to lower the details. That's what yeah. this feels like. Oh, maybe if it was lowered a little bit, it would work smooth. But it's supposed to work, isn't it? Everybody has the same system, so and they're getting crap for that. So yeah, and Fair so they, and so they should when they're charging sixty dollars. So why did you put this next one on here? You're in the movies, which I tried yesterday. Oh really? This is a because we're a movie related podcast this is a movie related game which I would probably tell you not to actually buy <laughs> it comes with the Xbox Live Vision Cam which we already have as well you know and you plug the camera in and you put the disc in and then you okay there is one of the is one of the things about all of these camera games you can never get the lighting right in your room it never works, does it? I mean, I no, had, I not had unless this, you stand on a porch. I had this light on, I had that light on, I had my bathroom light on, and I had that light on in the hall. So this room was pretty bright. <laughs> I stood there, I could see myself perfectly, but I looked like a white ghost because you're right under the light, right? Yeah. So and you have to be stood about this far away. If I stand further back, you can't see me. If I stand further forward, I'm just a black silhouette. So I tried it, and the deal is. This Alright, I'll break it down for you. There's 30 movies in the game that you can make. The first one, which I made. You stand there, and he says... Uh, actor on set, actor on set. So you stand there, and then he says, Okay, we're going to wash some clothes. And you go, okay. And then some clothes appear. You're on the screen all the time. Yeah, right. Full size. Yeah. Some clothes appear, and he says, Do this. And you'll have to explain what I'm doing. You are raising your hands up and down as if you're washing clothes on a washing board. Yeah, so do that. So you do that. Quite sexy, I might say. You do that, and then eventually you've washed all the clothes. And then it says, okay, actor on set for act two. And then act two's like, okay, there's some bees coming into the scene. You've got to swap them away. So bees come on and you... This sounds really lame. And you sw- well, I think it's for kids, but come on. Oh, you swap, okay. You swap, I didn't know that. That was just a game game. You swap them away and... Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, you do these four different games for each movie. And then it goes, okay, sit back and relax. You're in the movies. And then it shows you this movie. And the first one was like, a monster was coming. And all the things that you just did unknowingly, thinking you were just swatting the bees away. Well, the when the monster's running down the street, it's captured you swatting the bees away. Right, right, right. And you're in the scene. Do you get what yep, I'm saying? Yep. Looking stupid. Yeah. So it tricks you into doing these things and then inserts you into this movie. Which is a, it's kind of coolly done. It's got like a, this is rated R or whatever, and then it comes on. It's a trailer for a movie. Right. And four people can play. So when you, you can all four of you stand there and you'll all get a different part in the movie. Hmm. So you'll all, player one will step up, do his washing the clothes. Then player two might, might not, in the movie, might not be washing clothes. Might be like... Stopping a plane. Pumping up a tire or something. Yeah. So you all do your things and then it shows you the movie. And then you can save your movie. And I thought, well, that'd be cool because maybe you could save your movie and then upload it to the web and show people. And they can't do that. Hmm. You can watch it on your Xbox 360. <laughs> so um, that's I'd that. rather have that movie, the movie studio one, where it's like a god game and you yeah. control it and like this, a Sims. This is just... it. See, it doesn't look like it's really aimed at kids, but it feels really kiddie because the games are just crap like I mean whacking bees it's like whack-a-mole with your hands you know it's like eye toy stuff right um and it does this thing at the beginning where it says okay stand out of the frame I'm just going to take a photograph of your room and then it takes a photograph of the room and then it goes okay stand in the frame you stand in the frame it goes okay I'm just going to analyse that and then it goes okay now 
I'm going to take the room away and here's a movie background. Can you see yourself in it? And you kind of can and you can't. Like, half of you's missing and there's a bit that's... Like, it doesn't really... Yeah. yeah. If you... You think if you were in full daylight, like, go in the living room with our big TV and open the bright drapes I don't even think it'd work. I think it'd be too bright. I think think it's so... I think natural light is different than light. I think it's so picky, though. Mm -hmm. I think that might be too bright for the camera. It's, you know... All I've said, any camera game, you can never get it right, can you? It's either too dark, too small, too blurry. Yeah, so, you know, if you're into that thing, it's $60. Oi. Oi vey. So, um, I just want to, that's all that stuff. I want to mention next week's, um, next week we're either going to be late or early, right? Because Sunday is mm-hmm. Thanksgiving here. Thanksmas, is what my sister called it. Right. We're having so, Thanksgiving after Thanksgiving and Christmas before Christmas because my mother's leaving the So, country. we're making a decision here. Uh, Saturday, are, are you doing nothing? Uh, my mother will be in town, so probably not doing nothing. I say Monday. So, the podcast will... Be late. Will come out on Monday. Right. Because nobody's there Monday. Just Correct. Is your mom still here? No. Okay. So Monday, yeah, podcast will be Monday, what, evening? Like, no, no, maybe anytime. Tuesday morning. No, it'd be any time, because why would it be late? Well, we watch the movie Monday night, is that what you're getting at? Or Monday during the day? Right, depending on what, what whether we're up or... Well, I'll be flipped around, so I'll be up all day, so... Okay, all right then, so it'll come out it might probably... just be me by myself. No. <laughs> so it'll come out Monday evening and the movie will be Hellboy 2 on Blu-ray. Excellent. I'm looking forward to that. I've watched Hellboy probably six times in the last three weeks. I don't know why. It's on TV all the time. Right. So, well, that's what it'll be. That's excellent. And uh, your stuff? My stuff is what's for dinner. I was shopping for some nice something or other and I actually found the cheapest thing I could find were a couple of filet. Not filet mignon, but filets. You know, beef filet. So I have that with some roast vegetables, which are roasting now, and I can smell them, and some cabbage. <laughs> that sounds like really, I don't know, that's going to be fantastic. That sounds like there's going to be a lot of farting going on. <laughs> and a little bit of steak. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to make a new Sid Talk podcast coming up very soon, so you can always go to my site, check that out. I, I know it won't be linked on com because it never is, so you'll have to go to SidTalk.com. And thanks, Miss. We've already talked about we're having that. We're going to have a late Thanksgiving, early Christmas because my mother's leaving the country. And I want to say uh, thanks for listening. And uh, Thank you very much for listening. We have SidTalk.com and AceCully.com, the websites. Uh, we have this podcast on iTunes Music Store. Is it the iTunes Music Store? I don't know. I don't use it. Yeah, the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace. We have an RSS feed. We have the... You can go to aschoolie.com and click on podcast and just listen to it. It's, it's on the main... In fact, if you go to aschoolie.com, you can't miss the podcast. Yeah, it works brilliantly. Um, you can also email feedback to aschoolie.com, sidtalk at sidtalk.com. You can leave comments on the pages and stay classy and don't go full retard. <laughs> Ever. God. And I'm going to say think for yourself and don't use every stupid phrase that people throw at you because you have a brain. Make up your own phrases. That's full retard. (laughs) You just went full retard. Oh dear. I'm going to go make the dinner now.